Hello, and welcome back to Get the Ball Rolling, a sports podcast with yours truly, truly Tyler uh, Fessler. So, this is episode two now, and uh, last episode, if you haven't listened to it, uh, I interviewed the Southern Utah University Associate Head Coach, Coach Ryan Hunt. Uh, it was an awesome experience. Had a had a, a really good time interviewing, get, getting his thoughts of the upcoming season. Uh, a couple days later, I've I've started this podcast, and really, I I got to thinking. Uh, I've had a couple experiences. Like I said, I'm 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 an engaged man. Uh, I will be getting married in in in. Well, I think we're almost down to to single digits now. However, I was I was driving with my fiance in the car. And here in southern Utah, we get the biggest, and I'm telling you, the biggest thunderstorms ever. And, and uh, like, they come across, and it is so loud, lightning, thunder, rain, and it is a torrential downpour when these things uh, get supercharged here in the desert. Anyway, so I'm driving. Uh, we decided to, to go run some errands, and I'm driving back to, to where I live, my, my apartment, and my fiance tells me she's she's from the Pacific Northwest. She's like, yeah, I've never been in a in a in a thunderstorm. And I'm like, are you serious? You've never been in a thunderstorm? That blew my mind because you know, growing up here in Utah, northern Utah, moving to southern Utah, and living for a couple years uh, in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, I'm used to thunderstorms. Anyway, it was so crazy. We had the wildest wild experience crazy thunderstorm last night it was actually really cool to see her reaction how she handled the thunderstorm and uh the amount of rain that that it brought and anyway the rain it rains it hits so hard it's so loud and she was i think she was a little uh surprised but anyway i was just really funny really crazy experience uh, i uh Having you know been engaged to her, dated her, it's really interesting to get different perspectives on things. Her her growing up in the Pacific Northwest, I would have thought, hey, they have thunderstorms. She's used to rain, but it was something cool, a new experience. So that's a little bit about my week. Uh, like I said uh, earlier in the week, I was able to interview Coach Ryan Hunt. Uh, I really think, uh, like I, I concluded the episode with my thoughts, and my predictions. I'm I'm trying to go and, and get in contact with everybody from the Big Sky football conference uh the, the football conference is a little bit different than the than other than other sports uh they uc davis for example they play in in the big sky during during football but they play i believe it's in the big west uh i'll, I'll do a little fact check uh, a little bit later just to, to check that out and, and let you guys know but uh they play they play in the they play in the Big Sky Conference, and the Big Sky Conference last year, just to give you a little bit of a background, they have a three-way tie for first. Due to the scheduling conflict and the amount of games that, that FCS can play in a, in a year, uh, a given year, because they have the playoff system where the FBS has, has the bowl system, you know, FCS, you know, uh, they, they have, I, they have a, a a better playoff system and it's really cool to watch it because you know they say that it's the one true champion they they go they you know first round second round quarterfinals semifinals and then the championship so they they play for for about a whole month of just playoff football and anyway it's really unique and uc davis um i i got in touch with one of their coaches we're going to be bringing him on the show I'm really excited for this, uh, but anyway, I was talking about the Big Sky, sorry, I was talking about the Big Sky, and what brought up UC Davis is they were one of the three that tied for Big Sky uh, champion, 
last year. Uh, number uh, seven one was was UC Davis in the Big Sky. Uh, there was seven one Weber State Wildcats and the seven one Eastern Washington Eagles. And it was re- it's really cool because I really think the Big Sky is super competitive. It's a really fun conference to watch in the FCF if you're not familiar with it. I know a lot of people they stick to the to the FBS and what's on ESPN nightly show. Uh, I am a college football junkie, so I love to know everything there is to know about the the lower uh, subdivisions and stuff. But it is man, I just love I love college football. Anyway, the the UC Davis Aggies, I I am not really familiar with them. I just saw their name pop up. Uh, and I was looking at, at their their football schedule last year, what they accomplished, what everything there is to do. Anyway, is I'm really excited to have him on. I want to go over uh, a little bit later in the podcast. I'm going to go over what they were able to accomplish last year uh, in order to set up for the interview, and then the interview itself, and then my prediction for this next year. And uh, it, it's going to be awesome. I absolutely love doing this. So stay tuned, and you'll be able to hear that. Okay, when you hear the chimes, that means we are back once again uh, with Get the Ball Rolling Sports Podcast. So like I said, um, we're going to be talking about the UC Davis Aggies and their football program. Like I said, what, what, uh, what they accomplished this last year, a little bit of their history more so as, as a football program. And um, like I said, we're going to be bringing on Coach Tim Plo, and he is the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach at UC Davis a little bit later in the in the show. So this last season, they were able to accomplish a whole heck of a lot. They actually have a new head coach, a uh, new head coach uh, relative, not, not last year, but in 2017, they hired uh, Dan Hawkins. Dan Hawkins, he's been around football for a very long time. Anyway, so he actually, they, they signed him in 2017, 2017, they signed him and he was able to get the UC Davis Aggies where he wants them. Uh, Hawkins coach was a head football coach at Willamette University, uh, a little bit south of, of Portland there at Boise State University. And then he moved on to the University of Colorado, Colorado in Boulder, Colorado, and he actually coached in the Canadian Football League, the Montreal Owlets, for a few years. And then he was brought back a little bit later. uh, He was brought back to UC Davis to become the head football coach. And let me tell you, he has done a great, great job. In 2017, he... It looks like they went uh, five and six, uh, only a win percentage, forty-five percent win percentage. Uh, so he that was his first year, uh, first run at it, and then he later in twenty eighteen turns it around, uh, has this, has an awesome season, gets to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoff, and. Anyway, the, the, the record was 10-3 and three last year. They ended up beating an FBS team, uh, that uh, San Jose State, at San Jose State, which is, um, I feel like, for an FCS program, that is pretty cool to be able to, to knock off an FBS team. And they also played at Stanford that year. Um, where they, yeah, the number nine Stanford Cardinal, they lost 10 to 30, but not for a lack of effort because they went out there. I mean, uh, most of these teams, most of these big schools, they play the FCS teams and they just try to blow them out. But, uh, obviously UC Davis is, is, has something good going because they're able to knock off, uh, the San Jose Spartan, State Spartans and, uh, give Stanford a pretty good game 
during that that year. Anyway, they they had a great Big Sky run. They only lost outside of losing to Stanford. Their only other loss was to Eastern Washington in the regular season. And that was played at Eastern Washington. Uh, Eastern Washington is kind of a goofy, uh, goofy setup. They have a red field, a red football field. I've never seen anything like it. It's on my bucket list to go and see. But they were actually able to, they played there. They, they lost there in the regular season. And then they ended up getting a bid to play in the playoff. They made it to the second round, coming out of the, of the second round. They beat... Uh, Northern Iowa by a score of 23-16. to 16. And then as they played, they, they moved on and they played in the quarterfinal against, again, Eastern Washington. At that point, they were number four in the nation. They ended up losing uh, 29-34. to 34. And, but that, again, they, they played phenomenal. They were actually, uh, let me check my facts just to give you guys uh, the most in-depth or the most up-to-date. So they were actually uh, tied at halftime. Uh, it looked like uh, Eastern Washington drew the first blood, uh, seven to zero in the first, and then UC Davis scored two touchdowns in the second. Uh, and then it looks like Eastern Washington had a big fourth quarter where they ended up scoring twenty points and ended up advancing uh, to the semifinals. And Eastern Washington actually advanced all the way to the championship and later lost to the North Dakota State Bison. 38 to 24 in the championship game. Anyway, an awesome, an awesome uh, year for the UC Davis Aggies. It was, it was really fun. I actually kept tabs on them uh, because I, like I said, I love college football. I love the Big Sky, and they accomplished a whole lot this last year. So we're gonna go through the stats. Uh, so buckle up. As promised, we are going to be going through the stats of this last year. And I'm really excited, like I said, to have Tim Plo on on the podcast because this guy is an offensive genius. This guy has this coach. He is super awesome, super gifted in in the offensive realm of coaching. He uh, UC Davis had the number eight scoring offense in the FCS last year. And they were number seven in total offense with an average of 488.9 yards per game. That's number seven in the nation, and that is a super good accomplishment. Anytime you're top 10 uh, in anything in, in, in the nation, you are doing a super good job. Um, they also had 64 offensive touchdowns. They were led behind junior quarterback Jake Mayer. Uh, he had 3,931 yards passing with a quarterback rating of 141.19. And he was the number three quarterback in passing yards in the FCS. So like I said, this this quarterback he has a he has a gun for for an arm. He absolutely slings the ball all over the field. Uh, Three thousand nine hundred thirty one yards passing is a super big accomplishment. I think uh, when you're getting those kinds of numbers, you are really you're going to be starting to break records and and really putting yourself out there to to be noticed. Uh, and then in uh, 2018, he was the week uh, week seven Big Sky Offensive Player of the Week. So super awesome. A uh, really good. He was led behind the 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 offense was led by Jake Mayer. They also had uh, the leading rusher, who was a freshman at the time, Alonzo Gilman. Uh, he had 976 rushing yards and 385 receiving yards. And to make it all, to make this all that much better, they will be returning both Jake Mayer and Alonzo Gilliam. Gilliam. 
I guess I'm sorry if I, I mess up your name, but it was absolutely they're they're bringing back their their leading passer, their leading rusher, and their number two uh, receiving uh, wide receiver uh, in in receiving yards, 896 receiving yards last year, Jared Harrell. So they're bringing back uh, big guns on on the offensive side, and it, it's super super cool to be able to um, to see these guys progress. Uh, Jake Mayer, he'll be a senior this year, uh, so he's going to be looking to have another big season. And then, kind of to switch gears here, we had uh, I was doing some some research on UC Davis, and it turns out that these guys have two big time uh, rivals, which is which is really cool. I've never uh, I'm I'm super into rivalries, so I'd love to to see kind of how each team plays against a rival because obviously it's it's a step up because you want to be able to 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 beat your your hometown rivals or you know close rivals i've i've grown up uh, in, in northern utah so we have the rivalry of byu and in utah uh so the rivals for for uc davis is the sacramento state uh, hornets they their rivalry is called the causeway classic now this is super cool um, I, I, I don't know any kind of stat out there. I'd say this has to be one of the, the best stats, especially if you're a UC Davis fan, that they have beat, UC Davis has beat Sacramento State 40 times and only losing 18 times. This is the Causeway Classic, and they have, uh, it's right, they're really close to each other, just right across uh, a bridge in California, super close, uh, in-state rivals. Uh, but UC Davis leads 40 to 18, and... Last year they were able to beat you. Uh, they were able to beat Sacramento State forty. Oh, sorry, they lost to Sacramento State forty-seven to fifty-two. But in twenty seventeen, they beat Sacramento State fifty-six to thirteen. And then also they have we have another rivalry, which is uh, the Cal Poly Mustangs. This is a battle for the Golden Horseshoe, and UC Davis is actually a lot closer to to Cal Poly and the and the Mustangs. Uh, but UC Davis also leads that rivalry 22-20-2. So there's been two times in the history of that rivalry, but UC Davis is leading it 22-20. to And in 2018, they absolutely stomped on Cal Poly with a score of 52-10, to and they beat them in 2017 as well, 31-28. to So just to add a little bit more flavor, a little bit more spice, uh, they are also awesome against their, their rivals. I'm not biased in any way to to either teams, but it's it's got to feel pretty good when you're when you're leading uh, a rivalry forty to eighteen, and uh, also leading another rivalry twenty two to twenty. So super awesome, uh, really impressive uh, with the with the stats this year, uh, this last year in twenty two thousand eighteen, for the UC Davis Aggies, and I'm really excited. Um, for this upcoming season, they they have a really impressive schedule. I think that uh, we'll have to we'll have to go in depth a little bit more about about their their upcoming season and and what I think. Uh, anyway, but uh, here we're going to be calling very shortly. We're going to have Coach Tim Plo on the on the phone. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, give me about just give me a few more minutes, and we'll have him on the phone shortly. Okay, back again on Get the Ball Rolling podcast. We are here today with offensive coordinator uh, and quarterbacks coach from the UC Davis Aggies, Coach Tim Plow. How are you doing today, Coach? Doing well. How are you doing? 
I'm doing super well. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited for this uh, interview. Your guys' your guys' season last year was was super awesome, and uh, I was able to watch you guys. Uh, I I live here in Utah, so uh, we get the SEU and Weaver State games on on the television and stuff. So I was super excited to be able to to speak with you today. No, I'm excited. Anything to uh, shed light on the conference is is something I, I take really seriously because uh, it's great football, it's great coaches, great conference, and I um, I want more people to to know how how great it is. Oh yeah, for sure. This this uh, this conference, uh, I've been I've been following it because I grew up in Ogden, now living here in St. George, uh, Utah, and. You know this conference is it's it's tough. It is a hard conference. There is week in week out there. I wouldn't say there's a there's an easy week in, in the Big Sky Conference, and that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love covering the Big Sky Conference is just due to the to the the overall you know overall football that is played here in this conference. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so coach, you uh, you actually you you started your your career at UC Davis. Is that correct? Yeah, so I uh, coached at UC Davis when I got done playing there. I played quarterback there, uh, went right into coaching, uh, became the coordinator there when I was 25 years old. And then um, our head coach, Bob Biggs, retired. And uh, when he retired, I moved on to northern Arizona. and became the uh, became the coordinator there. And then when uh, Coach Hawkins got hired back here at Davis, uh, it was a great opportunity to, to come home and and uh, try to help our uh, our program get back to to prominence. Yeah, that that is super cool. I think uh, anytime you can you can coach at the the old alma mater is something that is super exciting, and uh, that's super cool that you're able to also you know coach a couple years in in Flagstaff as well. That's a that's a cold yeah. country down there. I'll tell you that much. Absolutely, it's a it's a very cool town, very unique place. Um, my first son was born there, so my my wife and I we love Flagstaff. Um, and always, always hold that place uh, close to our heart. It's a, it's a really cool place, and NAU is a, is a really cool school too. Yeah, I, I have the opportunity. I'm a, I'm a cross country runner by trade, so I had the opportunity to okay. la- last year run in Flagstaff at, uh, I believe it was Buffalo Point Park, or right in the yeah. middle of town. And it was, I'll tell you, the, the elevation killed me running, you know, eight kilometers up there, no but. But it was uh, like you said. The the town is absolutely amazing. The the fans and uh, the the big dome they have there, football wise, is super cool little little place. Yeah. So uh, I was I was looking over the numbers, and last year you guys had a really good season uh, offensively. You ranked in the in the top ten in, in the FCS. So I gotta ask, without without giving too many secrets away, what what is your overall offensive theory uh, as the offensive coordinator? Uh, you know, I think uh, a couple words come to mind. You know, we really want to attack. Um, we want to be an attack-minded group that um, that tries to get the defense on its heels consistently. Uh, we want to create explosive plays. For, so for us, that's a, a run of 10 yards or more or a pass of 20 yards or more. We really want to create a bunch of those. And uh, we want to play at a high tempo that, that forces teams to have to think quickly. Uh, and maybe take their their coaches out of the game and, and put it more on the kids. And in that regard, we're going to put a lot on our quarterback, a lot on our players to, to think on their feet. And uh, but we got a lot of smart guys at Davis, so that fits the the players that we get. And, and at the end of the day, too, it's just about our guys uh, believing in what we're doing and and uh, 
and finding joy every day in the process. And it's it's been it's been a fun ride here the last few years of um, putting up some points and and getting our, our fan base excited. And and so I think we can keep growing on that, and we can still get better, in my opinion. That's that's super awesome. Yeah, you you actually mentioned. Uh passing and and your quarterback uh jake mayer is that meyer yeah yeah the mayor yeah yeah he uh he actually was the number three in in passing yards last year in 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 fcs so you guys definitely have a very explosive offense and and you bring him back this year and the leading rusher from last year as well is that correct correct yeah we got jake coming back he'll be a third year starter um i think he's got a a great opportunity to to take his game to another level and, and cement himself as, as one of the one of the better uh, quarterbacks to play here. Um, Alonzo Gilliam, our, our tailback, had a fantastic freshman year. Uh, had fifty four receptions and had a thousand yards rushing. So he's a he's a threat both in the pass game and the run game. We got another running back, Teron Thomas, who uh, ran for about 700 800 yards last year and is very explosive guy that that we got to get the ball to um and then our tight end west priest uh, is an nfl guy that that uh is a, is a really good threat for us especially in the red zone and jared harrell is our other our second leading receiver last year uh behind keelan who we lost but jared uh, may have uh, a higher ceiling than even keelan had just from his ability to uh, to get behind the defense and 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 be explosive in, in his movements, so we're we're excited about having those guys back, and, and think we got a chance, like I said, to to be even better if we can uh, focus on the process and and just tweaking those little adjustments and getting better in those areas where we feel like we can get better. Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Keelan Doss, he he actually he went on, he signed in uh, with the I believe it was the Oakland Raiders this last week. Is that correct? He did, yeah. He signed with his hometown team. You know, he's an Oakland kid, and uh, so he couldn't be couldn't be happier. You know, he, he played for uh, Coach Gruden and the Raiders staff in the Senior Bowl, and built a really good relationship with those guys. Um, so we really think Keelan's going to do a great job there. We're excited. We had we've had four guys from our team last year sign with NFL teams. And uh, that's, that's an exciting thing for our for our program. Oh, I bet. I mean, just to, to develop the players. I mean, they come come to you uh, right out of high school or you know junior college transfer, and you guys make them into what they are, and they're going to be playing on on Sunday underneath the big lights in in the NFL. So uh, going in, so you guys had your spring game and 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 everything what was you said that you had that some a few tweaking things to to get better at what was what was the main focus for you uh as as a coordinator and and as the coaching staff as a whole uh going into the spring game well i think it's number one you want to try to create some uh some growth with your younger players that there's going to be guys that contributed last year on maybe a smaller scale or maybe they didn't contribute at all last year that are going to be um, having an expanded role this year. So you want to make sure you're getting those guys the knowledge they need to become better. And at the same time, look at the offense and say, okay, how can we evolve? How can we continue to stay ahead of the chains, ahead of the game? Because uh, teams have film on us, and they're going to be um, trying to figure out ways to stop the things we did well. So we got to constantly be evolving and moving on to the next thing uh, that we think we can be good at so that teams can't, can't get ahead of us we want to stay ahead of the the curve a little bit and make sure we're always uh, attacking teams with something new 
Yeah, that 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 is uh, that's super cool. Uh, with 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 just just attacking and, and, and developing those those lower guys, you know, everyone wants to get better. And and as a program, you want to look for the the next guy, the next guy that will be bringing the the offense in for the next couple of years. So uh, I want to ask uh, you guys. Last year, you guys had an amazing season. Actually, beat an FBS team, uh, San Jose State, and had the opportunity to play against Stanford. And this year, you guys also have another really awesome opportunity uh, against the North Dakota State Bison. You know, looking forward, I know it's a few, it's not the first game. I know you guys have a, a rough schedule, but what are, what are you most excited about this this upcoming season? Well, I think um, I think it's just a chance for our program to continue to to have a, a spotlight put on it about how great UC Davis is as an institution, about how fantastic of an opportunity uh, it is to go to school at Davis, and how great our program is as a football program and. Um, so anytime you can play those teams and get some more eyes on the program, that, that's important to us, and we get that. Um, it's it, we got to take it one game at a time is always the the coach talk. But we're excited about the opportunity to play the the national champs, and um, they're obviously the the standard for FCS football. And so it's a great measuring stick for us to see um, you know what we got to do to get to that spot because that's where we want to be. And so we get to go up there to, to their dome and, and to take a swing at them and see how it goes. And then we also get to play a team like Cal, which, again, playing a Pac-12 opponent for our guys. A lot of our guys have a chip on their shoulder. It gives them a chance to go out and compete. And that's another UC school that, that again, we can show our our fan base, our alumni, and, and maybe kids thinking about whether to, go to, uh, whether to go to Cal or go to Davis that, hey, it's another UC school just like ours, and we're just as big of a campus as they are. And and our program is is got some talented guys, and we hope we can compete with teams like that. So um, I, I understand the the business aspect of it, why you got to play those games from a financial uh, situation. But our guys look at it more uh, open to hey, what a great opportunity. Let's go out and, and see if we can play our best on against a great opponent and see see what happens. Yeah, no, that 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 for sure. I I completely understand that. I'm I'm a I'm a cross country runner by by trade, so I'm down here at at Dixie State, so I know what it's like to to play those in state schools. Give give a little extra flavor, you know, seeing guys that you you played against in high school or you know might be good friends with. They're playing, and it's a great opportunity for like you said for you as a as a coach and also as the program as a whole to to get a little bit more recognition. All right, so last year again, you guys had an amazing season. Was able to get to the quarterfinals uh you guys beat northern iowa in the first or in the second round excuse me and then you ended up playing eastern washington in the quarterfinals what was the experience the overall experience of playing in the fcs you know uh, fcs playoffs really really fun for our guys to to have an extended season there um i think the great lesson for our guys is to they got to prepare for that uh starting at the end of the season i mean they got to start thinking about Hey, we're going to be playing 15, 16 games and they got to have that mindset. I think those are, those are the advantages that perennial playoff teams like North Dakota State or, or a Northern Iowa, um, or an Eastern Washington teams that have been to the playoffs for multiple years. I think their guys go into the offseason preparing for that where our guys hadn't been there. And so for them to see what it was going to take to be playing in December, uh, what their bodies were going to feel like. That just gives them a great added bonus to this offseason to say, hey, guys, we got to be prepared to play 15, 16 games. That's our goal. And we got to get our bodies prepared for that, our minds prepared for that. And 
And so that that was the that was the greatest lesson learned. And what a, what a great way to play nationally televised games against some great teams. Both games were uh, were really close and great football games and, and some really good environments. We got to play a home game in the playoffs in front of a sellout crowd. So all those things are just a lot of firsts for our program at the Division One level, and and um, hopefully we can continue that going forward because that is the goal that we're we're doing that every year and, and hopefully competing for a national championship. Exactly, and uh, I actually had the opportunity. Uh, I was I was watching it on 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 I believe it was on ESPN when you guys played against Eastern Washington, and and it was a great game. I mean, tied at halftime, a lot of offense in the in the second half. It was a super cool uh, to be able to watch you guys compete as well. All right, just just uh, one more question, Coach. Uh, a lot of uh, there's been a lot of debate on this. I know in the sports world and in between my friends and and this podcast, we like to talk about it a little bit. So, uh, with your experiences in the FCS playoffs, do you think that that the FBS should should expand the playoff uh, to to mirror that of the FCS with with one true champion, or do you think you know you leave it the way it is? Get your thoughts on that. Oh man, that's a, that's probably a longer uh, a longer podcast. But, <laughs> yes, uh, for sure. But I think that um, you know, just from my viewpoint, and again, I haven't coached at that level, but um, since they've gone to the playoff, it would be hard pressed for me to say that we haven't crowned uh, a true champion. You know, it seems like uh, in the years we've done that. You know, whether it was Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson, I think those are the three teams that have won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those particular seasons, do you really believe there was another team in the country that was better than that team? You know, and if and if you really think that, then I think your argument is valid. But um, look, just knowing those teams and remembering those seasons, I think it would be really hard for someone. For example, does anyone really think they were better than Clemson last year? Um, in that season, you know, they might think they were, but, uh, I think we all know if we watch the film, that, that, that's, that's the national champion. That's the true champion. I think, uh, yeah. same can be said for Alabama and Ohio state those years. So, um, I think the 14 playoff for that level of football is, is the right way to do it. Uh, if they were to expand it, that'd be super fun. I know teams like UCF and, and really the group of five, it, w- it would be nice to see one of those teams get an opportunity every year because maybe they have the best argument like, hey, we don't get to play those teams. We'd love to give it a shot. So I could see that maybe expand it to five teams and say, hey, we're going to let one group of five team in just so they can they can uh, throw their name in the hat. Yeah. But I really think the true national champion has been, has been crowned every year. And I, I've never gotten to the end of the season and gone, oh, man, I would have. I really think this team was better than Alabama or this team was better than Ohio State. I just don't think we got to the end of the year when we were like, we're in the past, there was multiple times, right, when they didn't have the playoff, the four-team playoff, where you would go, man, I really wish we could have had uh, USC play Nebraska or, you know, because they just didn't get the polls right or whatever, where I think I think these four teams are usually going to be pretty close to what you want to see exactly I, you know as a university of utah fan they uh the year you know tim tebow won it in 2009 we were we were clamoring saying that we we beat alabama in the sugar bowl that we wanted a shot sure. at them and we were in yeah. the mountain west and so I, I i get it just just a little fun question for you you know having coached in the fcs and and been in that playoff system uh just wanted to get your thoughts but thank you for your time coach i uh i'm like i said i'm from uh, southern utah so i'll be looking uh hopefully to meet up with you when you guys come up here to to cedar city a little bit later in the season and i'll be keeping tabs and again thank you so much for your time 
Okay, so that was Coach Tim Flo. Always a pleasure to be able to speak to coaches to get their thoughts on uh, last season, spring camp, and this upcoming season. Now I'm looking at uh, at their schedule this upcoming season, uh, UC Davis, the Aggies, and I'm I'm looking and I'm starting to see that they they definitely have a pretty tough schedule. Uh, we're gonna go through it week by week. They play at Cal at Cal Berkeley. Now this is a really intriguing matchup for me because, like I said, they beat San Jose State last year and they came out of the gate. They they beat San Jose State, so I really think that these guys. Uh, could actually surprise Cal. Uh, Cal is a great football team, uh, coached by uh, Justin Wilcox in his, also his third year. He uh, he started in 2017 as well. Uh, he was able to get Justin Wilcox was able to get the team to the Cheez It, the 2018 Cheez It Bowl. They lost to to TCU there, and he's 11 11 uh, total. Uh, his total wins there 11 11 losses. So I really think that this UC Davis team. Uh, like uh, with as big of an offense as they have, they can put up points, and I really think that they might surprise Cal. I don't know where where it's right out of the gate. You know, sometimes it takes offenses, uh, especially big offenses like UC Davis, to be able to get a little a couple games uh, under their belt. But honestly, I think that it's going to be a really intriguing matchup right there, August thirty first, Saturday, first weekend uh, of, of college football. Uh, then they then they go and they play at San Diego. Now, again, San Diego they also went uh, the, they went to the FCS playoffs last year. They went nine and three. So this is a this is also a really good team. You shouldn't turn your head at. at at San Diego, uh, especially coming off of a, a game against Cal, but I think that uh, the the coaching staff is two and zero. The 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 Dan Hawkins and company are two and zero against in San Diego. So I would say uh, I, I I'm honestly going to to say this that they will get the win at San Diego. I think that these guys these these coaches they kind of have a number on them, and you know history repeats itself. I really think that they'll get a win against San Diego. Then they they move on. They they uh, come home for their first home game against Lehigh in Aggie Stadium. And I think the lights are going to be bright. September 14th, I think they're going to, to beat them. I don't even think I, – I think they'll, they'll move past them pretty quick. Uh, but the only thing that's, that's intriguing about this Lehigh matchup is the next week to see if the, the Aggies can stay focused to get past Lehigh to take on the Bison of North Dakota State. Now, just if you're not familiar with FCS and – uh, the the football playoff that they have there and which teams are good and which teams are not the the North Dakota State Bison are absolutely amazing they're an amazing program they have won in 2011 2012 2013 14 15 17 18 that's national championships so they have won a total three six seven national championships since 2011 that is absolutely insane they didn't win uh in 2016 it looks like that was their uh their only hiatus in the in the and they i think they they played for it and they lost to james madison so this team is absolutely amazing um so i would definitely keep tabs on them and uh the North Dakota State Bison, but I really think that uh, you know North Dakota State went fifteen and zero last year, undefeated, perfect season, went to the to the FCS playoffs. I think 
that this UC Davis Aggies team going into Fargo on September 21st could upset the North Dakota State Bison. I only say that because uh, this is, like I said, high-powered offense, super impressive receivers, awesome running back, awesome, awesome quarterback. I'm actually really intrigued to see where that will take us. Okay, after their trip to Fargo, they come home, they play home against Montana. This is where they get into their Big Sky slate. And like I said, the Big Sky is not an easy uh, walk-in-the-park uh, conference. They, they take on Montana. And I think that they'll they'll move past Montana. I think they get the win there. Uh, the week after, they go to Grand Forks, North Dakota, to play the University of North Dakota. And I also think that they get the win there. Uh, both Montana and North Dakota, they both have uh, never well this they've never beat the coaching staff here they're both one to know this coaching staff against both those teams i think they move on and uh to to cal poly now this is october 12th saturday october 12th and they're going to be playing uh like i said the rivalry the the battle for the golden horseshoe uh cal poly they beat them twice and nothing's going to tell me that they don't beat them again uh this is a, a senior laden team they have 21 returning seniors on this team i think that they 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 beat cal poly and then uh they move on to play at southern utah uh like i said i just talked to, to to the coach at southern utah they said they're getting things turned around after a pretty uh tough year one and ten and i think this is also a very interesting matchup because this this coaching staff has played uh, Southern Utah one time, and they had lost to them. Uh, they're they're really this is I think this is a better improved Southern Utah team from last year. But I also think this is an amazing UC Davis Aggie team, and I think that they could repeat as conference champions. So to play home uh, to play at Cedar City, Cedar City sits about. Uh, just, I think it's just over a, uh, about five thousand feet, so it's going to be tough. Not an easy game at Southern Utah. Afterwards, they go and they play Weber State University. Luckily, this one is at home, and I think that's really going to help them because the Wildcats last year, you know, shared the the conference championship championship trophy with uh, the UC Davis Aggies. So I think this is going to be a super big game, and if they can win this game, I think they're the they're they're going to be the the front runners in the conference. I obviously I haven't uh, we haven't. And gone in depth to to Eastern Washington as much, but you want to watch the conference champions from this from 2018 and from 2017. SUU conference championship conference champion in 2017, 2018 we had three uh, conference champions, so it's going to be really interesting. Afterwards, they go to Portland to take on Portland State. Uh, Portland State went four and seven last year, and uh, they're going to be a much improved team. I think uh, the the Vikings of Portland State, but also I think that that UC Davis gets the win. Uh, I also am looking at the Montana State game where they they come home. Well, that's a week after on November sixteenth. They come home to play uh, Montana State. I think uh, this is going to be an, also a really good game because Montana State, uh, despite not not being in the uh, the conference champion last year they they went to the FCS playoffs as well they're a super good team really improved team went eight and five last year so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there and then they take on uh, the Sacramento State Hornets this is a in Sacramento which uh, not very far from Davis California it's the 66th annual uh, Causeway Classic and I think that these guys have a little bit of a trip on their shoulder to be able to to lose to a team 
Uh, Sacramento State only won two games last year, and one of those was against UC Davis. And when you have a team like UC Davis, which goes to the quarterfinals last year in the FCS playoffs, and they play their in-state rivals, basically their hometown rivals, and they lost last year uh, because had, had they won, they... They they could be moving on. They get they get a higher seed in the the playoffs. It really was it was really a tough loss uh, last year to the Aggies, but uh, I think that it's going to be really interesting, really intriguing game. Sacramento, California. If you don't have anywhere to be that night, November twenty third, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a really intriguing game. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I want to watch a little bit how this season plays out, uh, how injuries come. Uh, to this UC Davis Aggies team, but honestly, I really like this team. I'm telling you, I really think that they could do some things this year, uh, especially this this Cal Berkeley game. I really, I, I feel pretty strongly about this. Really, like I said, really intrigued. North Dakota State, uh, them playing the Utah teams, SUU, Weber State, and then their the the rivalry against Sacramento State. Those are big games for them. I really look forward to them. Um, I'm going to do uh, an episode where I, I predict all of the schedules uh, preseason. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you my final analysis. But that's just right now a snapshot of the season. Get Aggie Nation excited. I'm excited. I absolutely love college football. I hope you guys do too. Thanks for listening uh, to Get the Ball Rolling a Sports Podcast with Tyler Fessler. Uh, give us a like on Facebook at Get the Ball Rolling um, just, just put that in your search bar. If not, it's at get the ball rolling 32 to search it by our at name. So check us out. Listen to us. We're on Spotify. We're on Google podcasts. We're on Apple podcasts. Listen to us. Tell your friends about us. Tell your family members about us. Tell the people in your class. Tell the people you hate. Tell your coworkers. Tell everybody. This is an awesome sports podcast. We're trying to do amazing things. Have any suggestions? Let me know. I'm always open for suggestions, but this is Tyler Fessler signing off.